And so that's for moms, but your partners up to 10% can also experience mood or anxiety disorder as well postpartum. And they go, it goes up to 50% for their partners if mom is experiencing one. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Catherine O'Brien, a licensed marriage and family therapist, about how we can navigate our relationship with our partners after baby is here. Hello and happy Monday morning, mamas. Like I said, we're talking with Catherine O'Brien today, and this conversation is really unique and something that you are going to benefit from because Catherine specializes in working with new and expecting parents. When she first entered motherhood herself, she realized that parenthood was not as easy as she thought it would be. And so now she's really helping others through that transition and offering coaching programs and courses. And she actually is the author of Happy With Baby, which is a book filled with essential relationship advice for partners who become parents. We go into talking about struggles that you may be facing with your partner as you enter motherhood and solutions to work through those issues so that you can navigate being parents as a team and keep your relationship as strong as it was before kids. So listen in on this episode and let me know what you think. If you have already read Happy With Baby or are considering reading it, also let me know what you thought about it or once you finish it, what you think about it because I really enjoyed the different perspectives that you get. Not only is it in her perspective, but they also have past clients who share their stories and they share both sides of situations, which is really amazing and interesting to listen to and see the different perspectives. So pop in those headphones, turn up the volume, and let's get this episode started. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am very excited to have this conversation today and get things going. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners? Yeah, I'm Catherine O'Brien, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist out here in Sacramento, California. My specialty is working with new and expecting parents, and I've been doing that the last 13 years as my oldest has just um, just turned 13. <laughs> and he was a catalyst for me realizing, like, how is this not as easy as I thought it was going to be? And I don't know that I ever thought it would be easy, but I thought it wouldn't be as hard as it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the times, you know, we think like, oh, we have this like rock solid, you know, relationship and everything's fine. Like we're just going to throw a baby into the mix. It will be okay. And we don't What could really, go wrong? <laughs> we don't really understand like all the different possibilities yeah. that could come up that we never, I mean, you can't 
what if every situation. So there's going to be new things that come up that you're like, whoa, we never even thought about this before. So how do we go about this? How do we handle this? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that was it. Like I, you know, I thought I had this like a rock solid relationship with my husband and, and didn't think about like, oh, yeah, anytime somebody new comes in to the room, it changes the dynamic, right? And then like, and how do we interact? And how do we support each other? And I needed him in ways I had never needed him before. And I didn't necessarily even know how to like ask for that or to even recognize what it was that I needed, I think was the big piece. And so then it was like, like feeling like I had to like figure out all these things and at at times like feeling disconnected from him. Yeah. Yeah. That is one thing, you know, I think a lot of times we're either like afraid to ask for that help or like you said, like we don't know how to ask. So how much in your experience has that been kind of a, a main driving force for why people are coming to see you? Like they literally just don't know how to ask for help or how to get that communication going? Yeah. I mean, I think that's usually the big thing they come in. They're like, oh, we're not communicating, right? Like, well, they're communicating, but we're probably just not doing it effectively. We're not doing it in a way that our partners can hear what it is that we're saying. Or like, you know, we have our own preconceived ideas or, you know, our own baggage or resentment towards them or whatever. And it is hard to hear each other, I think, in those moments. And so then it's like, okay, like, how do we go back to like basics and like start making the time to talk? Because I think the other hard piece of that is when do you make time to communicate and check in with each other with everything going on? And, you know, it's fine. Like if we both are done at the end of the day and we can check in and nobody's tired. But then like if we do have like opposite schedules, you know, like there's a lot of like figuring it out. It has to be done. I think we have to be intentional about it. If we're waiting for like you know, the sky to open up and the stars to align and, you know, everything just falls into place. Like that's not going to happen. We're going to, we have to make it happen. We have to like put in the effort to, to do it. So. Yeah. Was that something when you were first entering motherhood and, and kind of like navigating this whole new world? Like, was that something that you found that you needed help with? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, like our, you know, my husband and I like teach a workshop together, but you know, it's like he had in his, uh, his mind, like all the things that he was doing. And of course I had in my mind, all the things I was doing and we each thought we were doing more than the other person, but we weren't talking about what our experiences were or how we were feeling in it. It would just like, of course it came to a head at like three o'clock in the morning and the baby's crying and we both felt like we had done everything to help and it was the other person's turn and it was like uh, it felt so awful right and so that next morning you know we were like talked about like how how are we going to do this because we're not we're like six weeks in this is not (laughs) we're not gonna make it like we need to do something different we need to figure out like how to make this work better because it's not working for either of us and we you know we hadn't talked about it we just kind of like would do whatever and just thought it things would work out because that's kind of how we did it we didn't talk about every little thing before like I didn't need to talk to him about going to run errands but then all of a sudden it became like well if I'm gonna run errands am I taking the baby or do I need him to watch the you know like all this like negotiating and so that I think was a big piece for us is like oh how do we negotiate life now because I can't do it by myself and he can't do it by himself. And so then it was like, how do we make the time to do that? And where do we make the time to do that? 
Yeah. So you mentioned the course that you guys do. And also I wanted to point out like what you were just saying, the book that you have, you guys talk about different perspectives. Like you don't just kind of one side it or say like maybe how the woman is feeling or anything like that. Like it's like both partners in the situation and what they were thinking and how like we're not usually aware of the other person's perspective unless we're asking them. And I think that was a really cool concept to see. Like I'd be like reading one perspective and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like you read the other one. It's like, what? Like that's what they were thinking. <laughs> right. Right. So it's really interesting to see both perspectives in a situation that maybe you are only aware of one side because you are only one person. Right. Right. We still talk about this. I mean, it still happens to us. Our kids are, like I said, my oldest is 13. My, our youngest is nine. And it's like, things still happen where I have in my head how things are going to go. And he has in his head how things are going to go. And unless we're having this conversation or a conversation, like the other person doesn't know about it. Like he has not learned to read my mind yet. And I clearly haven't learned to read his mind, even though we've been together for almost 20 years. Like it just hasn't happened, you know? Um, and probably at this point never will. So uh, we've got to like talk about things. Yeah. So when did the course start and what was the progression of that looking like? So I was a licensed therapist at that time. And I felt like I felt so rocked. Like, how was I not prepared for this? Like, I work with couples. I had worked with new parents before. Like, I had worked with families. You know, I grew up in a family. Like, all these things. Like, I thought I knew what to expect. And so I was having a hard time. But then I was, like, going to, like, a mom's groups. And I was hearing other moms who were having similar hard times. Or some of them were having an even more difficult time than I was. And I was just like, yeah, like, where was this, like, conversation? Like, how did how are we not warned about this or have, you know, so I just kept like this mental lift of ideas. Like, I wish I would have known this. I wish I would have known that. Like, you know, and I, so I think I started filtering and like, okay, if I could ever were to teach a class and then I got an opportunity um, through, like I was doing this like postpartum workout class and the woman that was um, teaching that was opening up like a childbirth, like center where she was going to teach like childbirth classes and lactation classes. And we were talking and she's like, Oh, you know, what do you do? And I told her and she's like, Oh, you should come teach a class for me. And I was just like, yes, yes, I have a class I have in my head. And this is what I, I, this is my idea. And she's like, Oh, that'd be perfect. So her and I kind of had put something together. And at the, her, the first time we taught it, I taught it with her. And then she's like, yeah, you know, I have all these other things, so I can't keep teaching it, but I think, you know, it's well received. We should keep, you should keep teaching it. And I had, you know, spoken with my husband cause I, as I was prepping for it, I had asked him things because I really wanted to offer both sides. Like I had my, I know what I would want <laughs> couples to know, but I also wanted it to have the other side as well. And so as he was helping me, I was like, oh, you have these, you know, you're really able to like say some like great things. Da, 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 da. Like, I wish you were teaching it with me. And he's like, yeah, I would totally teach that with you. And then, so when she was like, yeah, I can't do it. I'm like, what if he taught it? And so she was like, I think that'd be great. And it just kind of like evolved from there. And, you know, we've taught it now for almost 12 years. It'll be 12 years in October that him and I first taught it together. And um, I, I enjoy it. Like, uh, you know, I think the feedback we get is great because I and people appreciate having like both sides to um, what it's like for parents. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really unique perspective. Because especially, you know, if a couple is coming in 
and taking the class, sometimes the guy kind of feels like, okay, I'm here to support my wife or partner. And that's like, it's, it's yeah. kind of like they're just like spaced out presently there, right. but yeah. mentally just not really invested into the course or, or the relevance of it. So have you seen or gotten feedback on, you know, partners and their kind of perspective of it, like being more engaged within the course? Yeah. So it's funny because like, we'll ask that at the beginning, like what, like what made you sign up? What made you decide to take this class? Because, you know, oftentimes like they've taken so many other classes like childbirth and CPR, like all the things. And, you know, ours is really about that postpartum planning. And they usually say, oh, my partner signed us up, you know, so here I am. And, but then we do like, we, we ask questions and we get them to, you know, we want to share, you know, we always like talk in the beginning too, like, well, what are your biggest, like, issues, transition issues that you're thinking about that you're concerned about. And we start like that dialogue. And then, you know, they, the partners share, the moms share, you know, and so then it's like, you know, there's a, usually there's a commonality, but then also differences. And so then they start seeing like, oh, wow, like, I didn't realize my partner had this on their mind, or this was something that they were thinking about, because they're, you know, I'm over here thinking about all these other things, you know, and how it is different. Like, I, I remember being jealous of my husband going to work and having lunch with friends. Like, I just was like, oh, that must be nice. <laughs> you get to go to work and eat lunch with friends. And here I am, like, you know, scrambling, eating crackers or, you know, whatever. And not, but then that's where I knew, like, okay, like, I've got to do something for myself. I got to figure out, like, how to make my days during this, like, you know, maternity leave. Because it would get, and it was like a loneliness thing. Like, I was lonely at home thinking he's having a grand old time. But it was a different, work was then different for him. And how he was like, how I, he interacted with people was different and where he wanted to be was different. And, you know, so he had his own stress and struggles that I was just thinking like, oh, he's this footloose and fancy free over there at the office, you know, but yeah. And I think, you know, it's kind of that phrase of like the grass is always greener on the other side. Like we think, you know, we're going through so much and like all this stuff is happening and it's like, they just come waltzing in. They've had all this alone time or like you said, they got to go out to lunch or things like that. It's like that, like freedom of it all. And I think, you know, like if we were recording this like a week ago, it would have been a different perspective than today. It's just like, it always kind of like flip flops between like, different feelings and like and then like the baby it's unpredictable like you don't know like what added things are going to be new for them and you're learning new things and even now with us with the second you know there's there's different things that come with each kid and oh yeah it's just it's like never ending never evolving (laughs) and I think like that was a huge thing that I needed to like be comfortable with and even like talking with new moms now they're like oh like how was it like I have you know maybe I don't want to say control issues but like I need to control the situation or I feel like I do it better or you know that kind of like I want to parent this way and I think it's really important but they don't see the importance of it so like where does that kind of come into play and what can you kind of suggest when there's like a different or like a conflict in parenting styles? Yeah. Which 
I mean, which can be difficult, right? And so I think it's like, I mean, I think there's a couple of things here. I think it's sometimes like they're going to do it different. Your partner's not going to do it just how you do it. And that's okay. Like it's okay for the, your child's brain development too. Like how my husband plays is different than I do. How he talks to them is, is different than I do. How he, you know, and, and a, they've adapted to both of us. They, they know like, (laughs) like, you know, our son finally got a phone. He's 13 and he like, I get all the text. I get all the text messages. He asked me, my husband's like, "Oh, he never messages me anything." And I'm like, "Well, I think a because I like respond much quicker than you ever would. Like, you don't look at your phone. You don't respond to me. He knows that, so he knows if he wants a response or what. You know, he's gonna engage with me on certain things, and they just like learn. They learn those things, right? I also think we need to let them do it their way. We need to let them kind of figure things out. And, and, you know, we talk about that in our class, like, I know how to do it. I and I'm really efficient at this. And then, you know, he's going to come in. And he's going to be like, the baby's going to cry or whatever. But it's like, like, we have our learning curve. So it's like, we need to let them figure it out. And we can't like, rescue them. Because if we do, or if we look like we're micromanaging, or if we're always critiquing exactly how they do it, they're going to step back and stop doing things and they're not going to be as engaged. And then we'll get frustrated. Like they don't do anything. They don't help us. And so it's like, so I think it's also like, we'll let them figure it out. And it's okay if they're parenting a little bit different. I think it's also important, especially if there's like vast differences. If you're like, you know, we're not, I'm not spanking. Like we're not having any corporal punishment or, you know, like I don't want to do punitive you know, discipline and that kind of thing, like, then it's like having a conversation about what does that look like? Why is this important to me? And why is it important to you? And like, how do we work together to get more in line with that? But it's still going to be, there's going to be some differences. And that's okay. But I think it's also like, when they are the bigger differences, like, okay, how do we talk about this? And why is this important to me? It's because, you know, I had punitive, you know, discipline, and that never felt good. And, you know, it affected my self worth. And I've, you know, I've read some things of how this isn't good. And like, I really want us to try to do this. Like, this is kind of how I want to do it. And like, let's see how this goes. And how can we support each other? Yeah. Do you have any suggestions? Like you were saying, kind of like letting them just do it, like they need to learn, like, it's good to have like those different perspectives and everything. But I think, you know, like, even like my internal mind is like, just mm-hmm. let them do it. Like, how? Mm-hmm. Like, how? Like, well, I sometimes think- I have to like step away. Like, I mean, one of my big things is like, oh, I'll never forget the day, you know, my schedule has changed over the years as my kids have gone older. And when they were really little, like I worked on like half a day on Saturday, because my husband could be home and watch. And I remember I got home. And I, I mean, I could still see my son's face. Like he was like so happy. He was like 18 months or something. And he's like wearing like, the, it looked like a little crop top. And like the, the pants were too short and I, the socks didn't match. And I was just like, but he was like, had this happiest look on his face. And I was just like, and he, they were like, oh yeah, we went to the park and there was an open house. So we went in there and it was like, you know, they're like telling me, and I'm like, you went out like that, like, I know there's bigger <laughs> clothes in his closet. Like, you know, I try to always like sort them, organize them. I'm like, did you like pick this out of like the tiny thing or whatever? And I was like, so focused on the outfit that I wasn't like listening to what they were saying. And then I don't know what made me stop. But then I was like, Oh, my gosh, they're so happy. They had the best day. They're clearly bonded. Like, I, 
who cares what they wore you know and I'm like thinking like oh my gosh who did you see out in public you know (laughs) and it's like it it doesn't matter it didn't matter that wasn't what was important so it was like letting them figure it out and how to do things like you know I would pack a you know a stroller to walk to the park with like sand toys and diapers and snacks and water and my husband would literally go and take wipe a diaper and wipes and put them in his pocket and they would like walk to the park I'm like what if they get thirsty? Well, we'll just come back. What if they're hungry? Well, we'll we'll come back. Like we'll we'll be fine. Like it's like you know. And I'm like, what? and it's like, well, that's how they do it. Like they do it their way. Like I do it my way, and it's okay that it's like a difference, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I think it's like sometimes we just have to step away, and if we feel like you know, unless they're like in danger, which is probably not the case. Like I just need to step away and let him figure it out. And if if they need me, they'll come and ask, you know. Yeah. But they don't need they don't need me. They'll they'll <laughs> they'll do just fine. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that you talk about the dressing them because you know, my husband early on with our daughter put her in a pair of stockings with the ruffle butt and they were on backwards. So the ruffle was in the front and he thought that they were like acceptable pants. So she had like a top and then like, Oh my goodness. That's so funny. Like like we joke about it now, but it's like, it's one of those things. Like, it's just like, if we never gave them the opportunity to dress them, then they wouldn't, you know, learn, especially with like, a male and then like dressing mm-hmm. a little girl like yeah it's like they don't know what stockings are or all yeah, the little right. accessories or even like here's a bow like how do we put the the bow on or you know how do we give pigtails like things like that it's like they can learn but they have to do it in yeah. order to and even you know there's some things with with me with like the mom and the relationship and stuff like my daughter like sometimes likes to have her hair done like sometimes pigtails and everything like I've never given somebody pigtails before until having her so it's like uh, other than myself or something but it's like learning to do those things we're not going to be great at it at first and neither are they and I think like understanding like okay like I've changed like more diapers than him so like I'm better at it like quote unquote better but like he needs to be able to do those things too to get better. So yeah, and how do you get better at something you practice? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a th- I think that was a thing too. Like becoming a parent. Like somehow I just thought you just knew things. Like I just thought, well, kids, babies sleep. They just. I didn't know you had to like put them. Like I had no idea that that was going to be a thing. Like he wouldn't just go to sleep magically at like seven o'clock which he didn't, you know, is a nightmare. And so I was like figuring out like, how does this work? You know? And like, this is like things I just thought happen, I guess. I don't know why I thought that they would just happen, but clearly I didn't need read enough books ahead of time, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you don't know what you're going to come across to get right. like, you know, it's like all those things that are going to come up that like, maybe we just never even, I think that was the biggest thing for me. It was kind of, I tried to prepare as much as I could, but there are just things that you don't even know are going to be an issue until they are. You know, there's a section in your book too that talks about postpartum mood and anxiety disorders and kind of like signs to look out for, um, symptoms, risk factors. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit and, and how that plays into, you know, our relationship with our partners? Yeah. So, you know, Perinatal mood and anxiety disorders is anything, you know, like depression, 
which we hear, you know, we'll hear about postpartum depression more frequently, but it's also, you know, postpartum anxiety. It's, um, can be PTSD. It could be OCD, bipolar, like, you know, it's a range, like even, you know, psychosis. So up to 20%, you know, maybe higher, they say 15 to 20%, but sometimes, you know, I think it could be higher if we screen more, will experience a mood and anxiety disorder, which they say is like the biggest complication of childbirth, right? So it's like, we need to take this seriously. And so that's for moms, but your partners up to 10% can also experience mood or anxiety disorder as well postpartum. And they go, it goes up to 50% for their partners if mom is experiencing one. So I think it's like, you know, so important that we look at this and take it seriously to provide, make sure that we're getting like the support that we need postpartum. So of course, you know, it can look like, you know, overwhelm, irritability, sadness, you know, troubles with sleeping or wanting, you know, wanting to sleep more, just kind of, you know, maybe even feeling disconnected, you know, all sorts of things. And so people will say like, oh, I talked to my doctor and they said I didn't have it or it's, you know, I said it was someone and they're like, oh, all new parents feel this way. And so I feel like we know when it's not normal, right? And so then I say like, then get a second opinion, like talk to someone else. And there are like really good, you know, resources out there. Postpartum for International, you know, has amazing resources. They have support groups of all kinds. They offer um, a hotline and, you know, there's coordinators throughout the world providing support, you know, to help you get connected with support in the area. So postpartum.net is the website and that you can go and find the resources and you can look at like the different disorders and see like, do I have this criteria and stuff? Because I think it's the sooner we get help, the sooner we can like start to feel better. And like, if you have a history of a mood or anxiety disorder, or you have family members that do, you know, our risk goes up. If we, you know, have had like thyroid disorders, um, if we're having conflicts in our relationship, you know, our risk goes up. So it's like really needing to look at like all of those things, like, you know, older parents, younger parents, like, you know, I feel like you've had a baby, there's the risk factor, right? And so it's like making sure that you um, get the support that you need. And we also know that we need community support, like that is helpful. And, and that's something we haven't really had a lot of in the last couple of years, more than ever. Like, it's always been an issue. I just feel like it's like been heightened in the, these last couple of years. And it's made it so much harder. Get help, talk to your partner, get, you know, talk with your doctor. If you're feeling like you're still not getting the support, you know, definitely, you know, and that you don't have resources in their area. And now, you know, people do so much more virtual stuff. There are more opportunities, which I think has been something good that's come out of this is that it's widened the, the opportunities, but um, still it's like, don't wait any time between while you're pregnant or that first year postpartum, you can experience it. But if you, it's not like magically on their first birthday, it goes away. Like if it goes untreated, like it continues, it can be difficult. And if we have it, you know, if we've had issues like around our period with like mood and anxiety, stuff like then, you know, usually there's a higher risk too. Um, or like you have to quickly wean from breastfeeding, you know, that, you know, all those things. So definitely it's so important that we're taking care of ourselves and like really looking at like, what, what do we need so that we can best take care of our baby? And it's like, 
not your fault if this is something that you experience. It truly isn't. Like I have moms that are like, I have all, you know, the support and why am I still feeling this way? Because it's, it happens, you know, but we can still, you know, there's so many things that we can do to offer, you know, relief and to help you get better. So. Yeah. I love how you just said, you know, it's not your fault. And I think that is one thing that I wish more people would kind of like understand and realize, like if you're feeling that like loneliness, unworthiness, like really sad, like if you're kind of like in that situation, or even if you're telling yourself, well, it's not that bad, or, you know, like, I'm fine. I'm like, it's like, I don't know what that is, like that like defense mechanism of like, everything's fine. We're all okay. Like, you know, and we trying to just like tell ourselves and then it just like you were saying, like if it goes untreated, then it's going to like prolong and last longer. So like what can you kind of say to somebody that maybe doesn't – maybe even like if they're listening to this and they're like, oh, well, that's not me or like, oh, it's not that bad or – it doesn't have to be that bad. It, it could just be like, you know, like I think sometimes it's like, oh, like I'm just not, do, you know, this motherhood thing is, why is this hard on me? It seems like everybody else I see out, you know, in the social media sphere is just like doing, having a grand old time and I'm not enjoying these moments. It's like, because we don't all don't. Right. And what I've noticed, like, you know, running like support groups and stuff is like, you know, a mom will be like, oh, okay. Like, or a parent will say like, I'm feeling this and you can just you know sometimes they even start it with like like I something's wrong with me I'm like feeling like I'm the only person that's ever felt this way and then there's always someone that says oh I've been there too or yes I feel exactly like if you're feeling a certain way like there is somebody else that is also feeling the certain way and I mean I think I mean this is a totally silly example but I saw this um, meme the other day And it was like, oh, why is it that when, you know, your kids either eat all the fruit or they eat nothing, you know, and like one day they like love grapes and the next day, you know, they're rotting on the, in this kitchen. I'm like, oh my gosh, I always thought that was just me. Like, why is it like, oh my gosh, my kids want grapes and they've eaten all of them. And then I go buy more and they won't eat any. And I'm thinking I'm doing something wrong. I'm like, oh, it's clearly like, that's a thing. Like this happens to other people. And like, there, do, there was something about it being like, oh, good. It's, it's not just me that this happens to, you know, and totally like a silly example. But like we there's so many similarities to our experiences. Like, of course, there's the differences, but there's more similarities that I think bring us closer. And when we have that support and know it's like, OK, like I'm not alone or I know I can call this friend and they get it. They understand it. I think it's so like there's a comfort in that. Yeah. Yeah, I think exactly like you said, like there's like similarities to our experience. And I think what I have found is the more we kind of talk about those things, and the more we kind of open up the conversation, the more moments there are like, oh, yeah, I feel like that, too. And we might think like, oh, all of our friends are perfectly fine and everything's like, OK, and and I'm the only one struggling. So then we don't want to kind of bombard them with our problems or talk about these things but I think a lot of the times like when we open up that door of conversation we realize like and I think what's helpful for me too is like finding mom friends that are okay to have those conversations that aren't like oh my gosh like why is she talking about this again or like you know they get it and they can kind of sympathize and they're not just saying like okay well 
go find somebody else that wants to hear your problems or something. Like it just makes it like so much better. And I think, you know, tying that back into our partners too, it helps when, you know, we're able to have that open conversation of like what we're feeling and we don't have to feel like we have to hide all of our thoughts and emotions and everything Mm -hmm. from them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think like sometimes like they want to, I think it's like helpful if we understand. And sometimes like we go to our partner and they're like trying to fix things. I think if we even say like, I just want to, like, I don't need you to do anything. I just want you to hear where I'm at, you know? And I think like that can be so helpful and takes the pressure off of them. Like, okay, you're telling me this. Why are you telling me this? Cause I've got to do something about it. It's like, no, I just want, I just need you to validate. Like, yeah, this is like a difficult period of time. Like, because, you know, our children, like they change so much in that first year where you're like, oh, I, I figured something out. And then they go and start getting a tooth and then they're not sleeping again or whatever it is, you know, like, yeah. like so many things, they change so much and they continue to change and grow. I mean, like at a slower pace, but you're constantly having to like figure things out. And it's so, I think it's so comforting and like having a partner that's like, yeah, I get it too. Or like, Hey, I've got to, I got to tap out because I can't do this right now. Like I need you to step in and help me, you know? Yeah. And I think like being able to have those conversations. Do you work with love languages and, and how that kind of ties into relationships with parents? Yeah, partners? I'll talk with my, yeah, I'll talk to my couples about that too. I mean, my husband and I are like opposite. Like I'm like words of affirmation and his doesn't even like read, he didn't even get like any points for words of affirmation. So we're like <laughs> as opposite as can be. It's kind of funny. Um, but it's like, you know, it is like helpful. Like I know he's like acts of service. Like he's big, you know, he's, he'll clean up, he'll do things. He'll, you know, clean the toilets, which I have to say is like, thank goodness, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) I don't have to do that, but, um, different things like that and being able to recognize it. And it's like, but sometimes I'll have to say to him, like, can you just tell me, like, I need you to say, and he's like, well, yeah, of course I, you know, think I'm like, I, sometimes I just need to hear it. Like, I just need you to give, give that to me. And so, you know, he's definitely gotten better about that over the years, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, so it's not like, oh, you know, we're doomed if we're opposites. I think it's just being able to understand like where your partner is coming from with different things and and being able to, I always think it's a good, like, why don't you take the test? Like usually, usually you could kind of know, but I think there are surprises. Like I also rank pretty high for like receiving gifts, which I do love to like, like if I'm out and I see something you know, for my kids or my husband, like I like to get them those things, but it's like, again, my husband did not rank on, on receiving <laughs> gifts too. So he doesn't like ever do, like rarely right. will do stuff like that. But then occasionally like he'll, like, I love um, daisies. Occasionally he'll like bring me daisies and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is like so wonderful. And I guess it's probably better that he doesn't normally do it because it's like really, you know, special or whatever. But um, I mean, I think it's like a, a fun little thing to do with your partner and just kind of like see and then even like as your kids get older and having them do it as well and I think it can adjust and change over time too and I think it kind of adjusts depending on who your partner is so what can you kind of say especially in that one year postpartum period if maybe your partner is really big on physical touch and things like that and you were just not feeling it. I think there was like a portion of your book too that was just kind of like talking about that too. Like, you know, you're just like turned off by, yeah. you know, you're breastfeeding and, and whatnot. Like yeah. you don't want that physical touch, but like they're needing it. So what are some things that you kind of suggest to help get that at least need met in a sense for them? Or like you can see them like 
halfway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because like one of the things I'll hear is like, well, I feel like if I hold their hand, then the next thing they know, they're they're they think that I want to have sex. So I just like avoid them completely, you know, which is not helpful. Right? Because then it like they feel even less attached. So I think it's like, hey, I think we need to like talk about it and be like, and I think it's like sometimes like sitting next to the couch and like holding hands and, you know, and, and being clear, like, you know, I, I am tired, like, I don't, I'm not here, but I do want to you know, sit next to you. And like, maybe you do just give a back rub or what, you know, finding like other ways to have that connection and like talk about what you're comfortable with. And like when you're comfortable with it, especially, you know, in the first, you know, couple months, I know it can be very uncomfortable. So I also think it's talking about that because sometimes we avoid it because we're like, I'm uncomfortable. But then if you're being able to have those conversations about what, what is feels okay, and what doesn't and like, let's go slow and like, you know, how to help them, you know, get their needs met, but maybe in a different way, you know, temporarily, but like, like, this is important to me, like, are you're important to me. So like, I want to be there for you. But like, but I think it's like talking about and not avoiding it, because we're afraid if we, (laughs) we say something, then, you know, they're gonna, you know, get lucky. I think it's like talking to them about where you're at with, with things too. Because you know, oftentimes when, if we are breastfeeding, especially like, you know, our desire for that goes down. So we're just like, Ugh, you know, or we feel all touched out or like the last thing I want, or you add another kid to the mix, right? You have a two and a half year old and a baby and everyone's touching you. It's like, I have nothing <laughs> left to give, honey. Yeah. <laughs> You're on your own. But I mean, I think it's like, again, that's where that communication comes in and being able to like share that with each other. And it's like, I'm not avoiding you because I don't love you or don't, you know, find desire in you is that I really don't feel, you know, I'm not in a place yet where I can do that. But yeah, let's sit next to each other on the couch. Let's be, you know, physically close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think even just like those little tiny things, like you said, like holding hands and not assuming that they're going to, you know, go to the extreme or we're just doing like little things like sitting near each other and just like trying to actively build that part of the relationship. I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, but kind of going into you know, you get to a point like you're just tired of continuously asking them for help. You know, it's one of those things like why can't they just understand like why what can't they I see say? what you need? Right. Like, why don't they get it? Like, I I constantly say this or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's the same conversation. Like, why can't they read my mind? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is exhausting, right? Like, why do I have to, why am I the one that has to, like, be the one to share what I need? I think it's, I think sometimes, you know, it's like, like, let's do those check-ins and like, talk about like, maybe what our roles are. Like, hey, my role is I'm going to make dinner, but I need you to be, you know, playing or doing something with the baby, like, can we get into some kind of rhythm, you know, and like, let's keep checking in about it. Because I know, like, again, they grow and change so fast, like it might adjust. But like, let's, let's try this out and see if it works. Like, hey, I'm gonna I'm making dinner, like, this is your cute or like, what would you want to do? Like, you do bath time, I do dishes, like what, you know, what are the things that we can do, like to get into a rhythm? Like, I know, because I've heard this before, it's like, sometimes our partners don't know what we want them to do. Like they see maybe we've got it handled. And so they're just going to go do something else. So I think we have to be direct with them and let them know like, hey, we got to do something here. You know, I need support or 
we've got to work together as a team, like whatever that is. But again, I think it goes back to like, you know, having those conversations and not, it's not like a one conversation and you're done. It's like an ongoing like check-ins with each other. Again, like I said, like things change. Like, I think we hope that they hear us the first time. (laughs) We don't ever have to say it again. It doesn't happen. Like, let me tell you, like 13 years in and we're still having conversations and sometimes things don't go exactly because, you know, my husband hasn't, you know, doesn't know what I need or I haven't been direct enough or whatever. Yeah, I did. I, I wrote this down from the book. It says, instead of saying you always blank or you never blank, say when this happens, I feel blank. And it says like this will completely shift the conversation away from criticism and defensiveness towards understanding. And I think that was something that was really impactful for me and like something that I feel like I'm going to try to utilize more. But I think it's it's so easy to say like, you know, you're always doing this or like, why do you use this? And I think when we're able to kind of say like how it's making us feel, then it will help relay like the true, I guess, frustration of the fact of like what's going on with us. So I'm, I'm hopefully hoping that one will yeah, kind of like let me be know. a good, yeah. <laughs> well, cause right, like, nobody likes to really... be like, doesn't feel good when our partner or anyone, right. is telling us, Oh, you never do. You're this way. You're that way. And it's like, I mean, usually there's reasons why people do things, but it's like, how's that? How am I feeling? Like, like I remember my husband, he would like be off doing things, which I guess are helpful, but I was like feeling lonely. So I'm like, you like come in and you just start doing things. And I feel like you've, I feel ignored. So I could be like, you always ignore me. And da, 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 da. But I was like, Oh, I, I'm feeling lonely. Like, I wish we could hang out a little bit when you come home, you know, right. When you come home, like, can we, can we do something? So then it's like, we started, you know, instituting, like we would go for like a family walk or whatever. And I would talk to him, you know, and feel connected. And then we come back, you know, get ready for dinner, do chores or whatever, that kind of thing. And it was like, it totally like made things feel so much better because I felt like, okay, like we have, like I have some time with you, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, and maybe not always time for a walk, but like, is there a way like, Hey, let's just connect as a family here for 10 minutes before we jump into our different things. Or I need a few, I need 10 minute break. Can you handle things? And then like, let's do something together. You know, like, what is it that you need in this moment? Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. I feel like I learned so much and it's exactly, (laughs) I think like what's needed like in this time right now that's going on, you know, like with like bringing the new baby and like still having a toddler and everything. I think it's really important to remember to be building that relationship with our partner and, you know, everything that's going on and making sure that we're putting the effort in to have that relationship stay something that we we want and building it stronger and remembering to connect with them and date them and do those right, like, right, date exactly. nights and things like that. So yeah. is there anything that we didn't talk about that you really feel is is mostly, I guess, commonly seen in new parents that you would want to kind of reiterate or or let a new parent know yeah I mean I think you you asked like so many great questions I feel like it's so like those are like common themes like I see all the time I think it's just to remember like things do change so much can be difficult on both of you in different ways and so I think it's like you know just taking the small steps to like reconnect and take a few minutes every day because those add up over the week over the month you know and just being like seeing how each other are and being able to support support each other 
And if, if you guys can't support, you know, like, how do you get other support, you know, because it is like such a life changing <laughs> um, time, you know, and it's hard to just do it. Like I, I tell couples all the time, it's like your partner isn't your postpartum plan. Like we really do need like other support systems and it can be really hard to find. So it's like reach out there or like listen to when people offer support, like it's okay to take it. Like we need it. We really do. So how can we reach you, get in contact with you? Where can we get the book? If we're, do you do virtual courses or is it just in California? Um, they were in California. I'm working on making it virtual. So that's um, finding the time. So working on that. So now that the book is done, we're working on that. Um, but yeah, you can find me at happywithbaby.com. And, you know, there's a link to the book there where you can, you can buy anywhere books are sold, but like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all those places. And then I, you know, I offer the virtual support group, which is, is also, well, it wasn't always virtual. It was local, but now it is. And the good thing is it now opens it up to the world. And we've had people from, you know, different countries and stuff, which has been super awesome and amazing. And currently like once a month, typically the second Monday of the month. Occasionally it changes, but you can find that information on my website as well. So awesome. Well, thank you so much again. This was great. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Well, this wraps up another episode of the Entering Motherhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us wherever you are listening because that helps the show grow and expand so that other mamas can learn information on how to heal and navigate in motherhood. And speaking about healing, I just wanted to let you all know that September will be the last month that we are offering our Heal Your Trauma Mama workshop for free. This workshop is a time that you can focus on becoming more aware of yourself and the strength that you have in motherhood. It really gives you an opportunity to allow yourself to look deeper and heal so that you can be more present and look at motherhood in a whole new way. We break down different methods that you can utilize that will help you get started with healing from any trauma that might currently be present in your life associated with motherhood, birth, and everything that comes with the transition of entering motherhood. So if this is something that you're interested in, please look out for that and follow the link in the show notes to become a part of this amazing series before we wrap it up and create something entirely new and revamped to help serve moms who may be experiencing some trauma. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me. And be sure to subscribe so that you can listen to the latest episodes of the Entering Motherhood podcast. See you later, mamas.